just who is this Holy Spirit that indwells us is our question tonight. And we're in Psalm chapter 139. We'll be there for the whole time. Psalm chapter 139, the Bible says, David is speaking here. He says, oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and you know when I rise. You've perceived my thoughts from afar. And so David's just expounding on his significance of God and his relationship with him and how important his relationship with God is and how awesome God is to him and just, God, you've searched me. You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise and you know what I'm thinking. And when he said he, you searched me and you know me, he simply was saying you've examined me thoroughly and you've become acquainted with me. Uh, it's like he, you know, just kind of envisioned this thought here. It's an examination that, you know, we're looking deeply into something. We're looking deeply into this plant or into the, the human mind or the human body. As David was saying there, you've searched me thoroughly. You, you, you know everything about me because you've searched me. But not only that, you become acquainted with me. You know all about me. You, you've had a relationship built with me because you've searched through my life. you searched through my mind, my ways, my thoughts, my heart. And you've gotten acquainted with me. You know me very well. And so we do that with people. I mean, we build relationships with people and we begin to examine them thoroughly to see if we want to have a long-term relationship with somebody. And then as we examine them thoroughly, we become acquainted with them. We know their likes and dislikes. We know they either like pizza or they don't like pizza or, you know, they like certain kind of vehicles or they don't. And you know, all about that. And so we get to know those people. Well, that's what God does with us. He examines us thoroughly and gets acquainted with us, but he does more than that. He perceives our thoughts. He understands what's on our mind. Sometimes we'll tell people something, and we may say to them, you don't understand what I'm talking about. You, you don't understand what I mean, do you? Or somebody may tell us, I'm not sure I understand what you're trying to tell me. I'm not sure I understand what you mean by that. And so we get kind of get lost sometimes in perception and understanding of people's thoughts. But God doesn't. God says, I understand what's on your mind. I know what you're trying to say. I know what you're trying to think. I know what you're going through. I get you, God says. And so as the Holy Spirit lives in us, he understands what's on our mind because we get a lot of th things on our mind, don't we, in a day's time. And then you go through the whole week, we get a whole lot of things on our mind. And so God says, I understand. I understand what you're thinking. I, I get it. <laughs> So give that to me. Let me understand and, and let's have a conversation about this because I've examined you thoroughly. I'm very acquainted with you and I'm not going anywhere because I understand what you're thinking. So it goes on further, David does, and he says, you discern my going out and my lying down. Discern, you, you understand, you, you've perceived it, you, you got it, you know why I do what I do. And so when I go out, like go out of the house, go to town, go riding, go to school, go to work, go wherever, you understand why I do that. You know why I'm doing it. And so you know why I go out, when I go out, you know, but you know what? <laughs> you know when I lie down too, don't you? And so when we will lie down at night to go to bed. God understands and he knows what we're doing, knows why we're doing it. And he knows what's on our mind. He said, you're familiar with all my ways. You, you just know me. And a lot of times people will say maybe something like, you don't really know me, do you? You know, because we don't understand them. And, and so we re don't really know them. Or some other times, if you've been married to somebody for a long time, you know me, don't you? Meaning, you know what I'm thinking, you know what I'm, what's on my mind, you know. Has any of you ever tried to, somebody, one couple is saying a sentence and the other one finishes the sentence? 
Some of you have done that before. Okay, Douglas and Sherry do that. Y'all finish a sentence. So you know each other very well. As long as y'all been married, I guess so. So, you know. But, you know, you, you just know somebody so well, you can finish somebody's sentences almost. Well, God's the same way. He says, I know when you go out, know where you're going, know why you're going there, and know when you lie down at night, why you're lying down. You're familiar with everything about me, God. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. Before I even say anything, you know what I'm going to say, God. Sometimes we use the term, not too often, I guess, anymore. I don't hear it a whole lot, kind of like this morning I'm saying. Uh, we put our mouth in gear before our brain. You know, we, we let those words come out and then our brain says, oh, don't, well, we can't get them back then, can we? And so, and so God said, or David said to God, you know what I'm fixing to say before I ever say it. And so you know what's on my mind, you know what's on my tongue, you know what's in my heart, and it's there completely. You know it all, don't you, God? And he goes on to say, God, <laughs> you just hem me in. When you hem something in, you, you're trying to, you're not letting it go that way, and you're not letting it go that way, dealing with animals or something, and you're hemming the, the animal in. Well, God says, I mean, David says, you do me the same way. You hem me in. You get in front of me, and you get behind me. And so you got me, no matter where I go. You've laid your hand upon me. God, you just you took your hand, you just laid it on me, kind of like you, you're resting your hand on my shoulder, aren't you, God? And you just hem me in, you're in front of me, you're behind me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, just too lofty for me to attain. I just can't grasp the meaning of it because you've searched me, you know me, you know when I sit, you know when I rise, you know what I'm thinking, you know why I'm thinking it, you discern all my going and coming, you're familiar with everything about me, you know what I'm going to say before I even say it, you're in front of me, you're behind me, you got your hand on me, Lord, it's just so, it's just taking my breath away because you know me so well. And yet, because you know me so well, you still love me, period. Isn't that amazing? Because sometimes when we get to know people real well, oh, <laughs> Let me just take a step back here. And God says, or David says, God, you know me so well, and you keep your hand on me all the time, in spite of knowing me the way that you know me. Isn't that amazing that God would do that to us? He knows us so well, He's still going to keep His hand on us no matter what we do, no matter how we act, no matter where we go, no matter what goes on in life, God's still going to do that. And He says, I, I just can't fathom why you would do that, God. So He then asks the question, verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? If I try to get away from you, God, because you're in front of me, you're behind me, you know what I'm thinking, you know what's on my mind, you know when I leave the house, you know when I come home, you know when to lay down. What if I just wanted to get away from you for a little bit, God? I mean, I just want to do something I want you to know about. I want to go somewhere that I don't want you to know where I'm going. Where can I go to get from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? I just want to run from you, God, and just get away for a little while, just kind of get by myself without you, knowing what I'm doing, knowing what I'm thinking, because i got some things on my mind. That, yeah. Could I do that, God? If I go up to heavens, he answered it on question because he knew. <laughs> if I go up to the heavens where you are, well, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths and the grave and the ground, well, you're there too. You're going to be wherever I go. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I get real early in the morning and I'm just going to outrun God before he gets up and I'm going to go out in the woods or go out in the room and, and I'm just going to do something or be somebody or whatever I want to do before God gets a notice of it, well, if I settle on the far side of the sea, just go as far as away as I can go, 
early in the morning, even there, <laughs> your hand will guide me. I thought it could slip by, thought it could get away, thought it could think something, do something without you even noticing it, God, but no, <laughs> you're there to guide me the whole way. Your right hand will hold me fast. You're just going to hold on to me, aren't you, God? No matter what. He goes on and he says, If I say, surely the darkness will hide me. Ah, yeah. I'd be up late at night, total darkness, nothing lit in the whole house, outside or inside. Mm-hmm. If I surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me. Well, <laughs> even the darkness will not be dark to you. You're still going to see what I'm doing. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. God, I just can't get away, can I? I just can't escape, can't hide, can't do anything. Why not? How come? <laughs> and he answers it from there. For you create a man most being. He said, that's why I can't get away from you. You're the one creating me. You made me. So if you made me, you know exactly who I am. You know exactly what I'm like. You know exactly what I'm thinking. You know exactly what's in my mind, what's in my heart. You know exactly what I like, what I don't like. Because you know, God, you created me. Not only just me as a person, but my inmost being, who I really am in my heart, my mind, my very soul. It's certainly going to know everything about me. God, kind of like the artist that draws a painting, uh, that paints the masterpiece. He knows everything about, or she knows everything about that masterpiece that they just painted. Uh, Michelangelo, famous artist. Whatever he painted, you could ask him anything about the painting. He said, yeah, I can tell you all about it. Here's what's on my mind. Here's what I perceived in my mind, and I put on the, the canvas. And so God, same way, God created us, so we're like his masterpiece. And he said, you created me as the most being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. When we were just those two cells that came together in our mother's womb, God began to multiply those. God began to knit and, and just put it all together just like a, a lady or a man needing something and putting something together, making something. That's what God was doing with us when we were in our mother's womb. It took him nine months, but he did it. So he says, as a result, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works, <laughs> they're wonderful. I know that full well. And so, God, that's how you made me. That's why you made me. That's why I know you know me so well, because you made me. You created me in my mother's womb. You knit me together. You're I know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And what does all that mean? Fearfully and wonderfully made means reverently and distinctly created. Fearfully meaning reverently. It was a reverent thing that took place to be created. It wasn't something just, it just happened. It's just the way things are, just the way things happen. It's reverence when a child is formed in their, in their mother's womb. There's a reverence about that. And we've taken that reverence in America and tossed it right out the door. So many times in America today, over 500,000 children, as they're being knit together in the mother's womb, there's nothing reverent about that child. They're taking that child out and killing the child. And yet God said there's a reverence there. Not only are we fearfully, reverently made, but we're distinctly, wonderfully in other words, we're set apart and we're distinguished. We're simply one of a kind. There's nobody else in this world just like you. I was waiting for somebody to say, thank the Lord. <laughs> I, I, I was pausing, waiting for somebody to say that. I figured somebody would, but you didn't. So 
Uh, I hear that said sometimes when there's nobody else like you. And anyway, uh, but we are. We're one of a kind. We're set apart. We're distinguished. We're distinctly created. Everything about us, God said, I'm going to make you this way. I'm going to make you that way. I'm just going to knit you together in your mother's womb, just like these flowers. I mean, there's not another bulb or, or what would you call that? A cluster. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> flowers, yeah. There's not another one just like this anywhere. Not even on this whole thing. Not another one on the bush it came from. This distinctly, it's wonderfully made. God knit all that together. And that's what He does with us. And that's why we're so special. That's why we're so distinct. That's why we're so distinguished. That's why we're so set apart. That's why we're such a one of a kind. Because there's a reverence about creation. He said, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place. My frame, starting with our skeletal uh, system, our, our bones, uh, took their frame and then he built around the frame, God did. And he said, in that secret place in my mother's womb, I, I wasn't hidden from you. you. You saw everything about me. And this indwelling Holy Spirit within us worked and moved everything within us. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, thinking of the mother's womb and the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. My unformed body was seen by you, God. Every step of the way, every moment of the day, every time you knit something else in me, you saw me, you understood me. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. Lord, I'm just fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm reverently and distinctly created. There's nobody else just like any of us here in this whole world, <clears throat> nor has there ever been nor will there ever be, because this is what God does. He knits us together one person at a time, fearfully and wonderfully, reverently and distinctly, sets us apart, distinguished. It's who we are. And the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us, and He works and He moves and He acts and creates this special person, you and me. And so everybody in the whole world, as a result, is special. There's no one person out there that God says, I, I missed it. I messed up. I did them wrong. I, I didn't make them just like I thought I should have, or I wish I'd have done different. I, I wish I could go back and make them different now. And God didn't ever say that. God says, I made you this way, fearfully and wonderfully made, set apart and distinguished. And as the Holy Spirit lives in us, we're unique. We're different because the Lord loves us. And He created us. And He knows everything about us. Knows what we think. Knows why we do what we do. Knows what we're going to say before we ever say it. And He loves us, period. Hold on to that this week. Know that you're special. Whether somebody thinks you are or not, know that you are because God made you. He made you set apart, distinguish. He did it with reverence. And you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Live like it this week. Live like it.